travel. Perked my wonderlust. Hmm, I have no wonderlust. Hello, and thank you for tuning into Podnobbing. Today's episode is episode 16, genre travel. It is also our season one finale. Aww. Aww. You mean I don't have to listen to a thousand podcasts this week? (laughs) Not this week, but don't worry, folks. 2020 will be back in January with season two. But in the meantime, welcome to your podcast about podcasts. I'm Carrie. I'm Josh. And before we get to today's genre, let's go ahead and start out with the ever famous Podnobby News. Shwump. I did the sound effect for you. It was amazing. So for today's Podnobby News, I am actually going to fill your ears with news you can use. Did you like that? That was pretty fun, right? I have to say that this particular genre, uh, I found a lot of podcasts that I really liked. Um, However, I only picked two. And I found a bunch of things that really struck my fancy. (laughs) Let me tell you about them. How hard did they strike your fancy, Carrie? They struck my fancy with quite a blow. This edition of Podnobby News is being recorded on November 18th, 2019. Okay, so let me start out by telling you some of the super cool shit that I got to learn about and a few of the podcasts that while I did not nominate them this week, they're really fantastic and they may have something for you that you like. And I'll just tell you a little bit about why I didn't pick them. But sure. more importantly, I will tell you some of the super cool things that I learned from them. Hey, Carrie, it's an it's an honor just to not be nominated. So, so. One of the podcasts that I was uh, thinking of picking is a podcast called On She Goes. This podcast is hosted by Sarita Wesley. Now, this podcast is already getting acclaim. It's been nominated uh, by our iHeartRadio for a podcast award, a travel podcast award. She doesn't really need us, but I found something through her show that I have I have been following since that I've been thoroughly enjoying and that is totally blowing my mind. She introduced me to a the woman who created Trippin' Mama. This is both a website, she's on Instagram, she's on Facebook, um, and she has a YouTube travel channel. Her name is Amoya Nudson. She's the woman behind Trippin' Mama. Amoya is a single mother of three and I don't mean teenagers, I mean one of these kids she's like carrying on her body. And Amoya lives all over the world. After her divorce, she decided to sell her house, sell all of her belongings, make sure her kids were signed up for or qualified for homeschooling or whatever the steps are to do that. And she and her children proceeded to live in cities all over the world. This woman decided to just travel like a teenager with her three Oh, I get kids. it. Trippin' mom. I thought she was like on hallucinogens or something. No! But man, I would need to be to make that decision. So this woman has decided to do this. She obviously has been recording her experiences. 
This resulted in her creating um, a community, a Trip and Mama community, specifically for single mothers who also travel or who want to travel. And now she's briefly settled in Mexico and she is creating a uh, like a hostel, which she also makes fun of that word. It's such an unpleasant word, but, you know, a temporary lodging specifically sure. for single mothers who want to travel. Right. And then she gets tortured. Or is that just in the movies? No, that's just the movie. Okay. So On She Goes is specifically made uh, for women of color who want to travel, who want to learn more about traveling as women of color, especially in places where there might you may be the only person of color. So that's specifically what her podcast about is about. I did not choose it only because every episode is not about travel. She does have some episodes where she talks a little bit more about politics and the politics of traveling, and that may not necessarily be what someone's looking for if they're looking for a travel podcast. But I was so pleased with that episode. And I've got to tell you, if you're a mother or a single mother or or even a married mother, and you're like, that's impossible, but it's really in your heart and you're interested in doing it, you should totally check out, check out Trip and Mama because that woman's story blew my mind. Now, the second thing I learned, I was listening to the Andy Steves Travel Podcast. The Andy Steves Travel Podcast introduced me to a company called Woe Travel. Now, Woe, W-H-O-A, stands for Women High on Adventure. And it is the entrepreneurial child of two New York ladies who wanted to create a travel company specifically to help women go to places where it is generally hard for women to travel by themselves. We all understand that not every country is is easy to travel and that some places are harder for women. So they created Woe Travel and they have these trips to all these different places around the world from India to Peru to Africa. Uh, Well, specifically, the episode is about Tanzania, but they have a couple different locations in Africa. And so they take groups of women on these expeditions. and, And the way that they do it, you actually get to travel with women who are locals, who are typically not allowed to travel some of these sites. But because they're doing it through this organization, These women actually, these local women get the opportunity to climb these mountains, to see these, you know, to to, to go to these ancient ruins. So when they first started talking on the episode, I was a little like, eh, sounds kind of bougie, right? But then by the end of it, I actually found myself on their website looking up some of their expeditions because I was like, well, shit, I want to do that. So is that why why we're taking a break? Because you're going to Iran or something? Going to well, I got to tell you that the you know financially, you know you, when you want to travel very safely, you may you may end up paying for that. But but more importantly, if you don't have travel buddies who are interested in climbing Kilimanjaro, you have an organization, you have this this company that will pair you with a bunch of women who all want to do the same thing. Um, so I found that episode so much fun, and I was so excited about the company. I put it on my bucket list. And then finally, I wanted to also mention another super cool thing that I learned about. Now, this particular thing I learned about on one of the podcasts I am picking for this episode, a podcast called Women Who Travel. So there is a travel show 
that I have never heard of. Now, a lot of travel shows have similarities. You know, some of them have a hook, like some of them are all about like foods from around the world, um, you know, architecture from around the world. I mean, a lot of people have a hook. Sure. But this show... I found out from an episode of Women Who Travel because the the creator of the show was on one of the episodes. The show is called Bare Feet with Michaela Malozzi, and it has such a great hook. So this woman travels all over the world, and in each episode, in that particular episode, depending on where she is in the world, because she's in a different country every friggin' episode... She actually learns one of the like primary cultural dances. So like when she was in Argentina, she learned tango, right? When she was in um, Spain, she learned flamenco. So you get to see her not only learn, actually go through the process of learning this, this, this dance, but you also get to learn so much about the history and the culture through the dance. I love it. I am absolutely hooked. And she does it with no shoes on? Well, she's not always... Okay, not every dance is bare feet, okay? Fair enough. A lot of them do use shoes. But the show is called Bare Feet. Shoes are an important part of people's culture. You can watch it. It is on PBS. However, you can also watch it on their website, which is Travel Bare Feet. Um, And it, it is such... It is such a fantastic show. She is so charming and she's delightful. And, you know, she, she's really comfortable with making mistakes and being goofy, but she actually learns really fast. So it's kind of cool to watch her pick up all this stuff and the way she embraces the culture. She does have some tidbits in there about food and tradi- like different like um celebratory traditions. And, oh, it's just great. And so I discovered that through women who travel. So this genre was just a delightful bin of rabbit holes that I was falling down left and right. And it really, really just um, perked my wonderlust, I must say. Hmm. I have no wonderlust. And these uh, (laughs) podcasts didn't do much for me at all. (laughs) But that, I mean, that's, that's the difference between uh, you and I. Uh, I am not a traveler, uh, nor do I really even care about it all that much obviously i like going some places but you know i'm a i'm a i'm a settler i settle into things i'm I'm also lazy and uh cheap so um the idea of traveling places especially difficult places i have no interest in doing that whatsoever right right Uh, climbing a mountain no thanks i'll you know I'll get that. I'll get the amazing view that you worked so hard for. I'll get it in, uh, you know, sixteen by nine high definition television, <laughs> and it'll be amazing. And it won't be nearly as God, cold or nearly as hot. I have no interest in going to jungles or deserts or yep. really anywhere, really nope. anywhere. So that you know, I, I I've been in Chicago my entire life. Uh, I, yep. I've been to like Northwest Indiana. You know, uh, sure. I've, I've, I've peeked my head into Michigan and Wisconsin. Oh, but other than you've that, Vegas, yeah. I know you've been to Vegas, baby. Look, I've been places from time to time. Mm-hmm. I was even out of the country mm-hmm. once, but uh, generally speaking, I am a homebody. Um, and just the idea of, of doing some of these things just does not appeal to me. So 
Sure. Um, so yeah, that's 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 where I'm at with the travel genre uh, in regards to podcasts. I only picked one, and it was one that this is the this is the one podcast that appealed to me uh, because it's what I would want to know if I was going to actually go somewhere. If I actually had an opportunity to go to a place, this is the type of podcast that I would want to hear. I enjoyed your podcast. Go ahead and let's get into it. Oh, by the way. Yes. That's all for Podnobby News. Oh. My one and only travel podcast pick uh, this week is called We Travel There with Lee Huffman. It is, it's a podcast I, I would... I would classify it as it's from like the the locals' point of view, um, and that's that's what I want to know. So the the very first one that I listened to was about Chicago because I figured you know what I'm from here I know everything about Chicago. If this is accurate, then I trust this podcast. So I did, and I did. I trusted it. They were pretty damn accurate with the goings mm-hmm. on of Chicago and some like hidden things and where you should eat and. Things you should probably see, except for the bean. I don't, I don't care about the bean. Do while you're in Chicago, some of like the more classic things, like Millennial Park. Yes, Millennium Park is a really cool area. That's where the bean resides. I guess technically it's called the Cloud, right? But everybody knows it as the bean. Oh, <laughs> uh, what is it called? Like the Cloud Gateway or yes. something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's more lovingly referred to as the bean. That's an experience, but it's not a very long experience. So it's housed in a bigger area called Millennium Park. And in the summer times, there'll be concerts at this really massive, beautiful amphitheater. I don't know why people care about the bean. It's just a, it's a, it looks like the ship from Flight of the Navigator. And it just sits there. It's cool to look at. And then about 10 seconds later, you're done with it. Off to the very next done thing. With it. But... Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. It's there, I guess. Sure. Um, but I, uh, after listening to Chicago Podcast, I listen to more. And um, basically every episode is just a different city. Uh, and they go all over the world. Uh, but a lot of it, I would say about 80% is focused in different cities in the United States. So if you're like somebody like me that doesn't uh, explore the globe on a frequent basis, uh, but you are interested in going to some, you know, normal populated cities in the United States that uh, may have oh some God. offerings. Uh, this one's beautiful. They go to Vegas. They go to Raleigh, North Carolina, to Baltimore, to St. Louis, to Santa Barbara, Jacksonville, all over the place. Now, they do they do travel outside of the country. It is a global podcast as far as where they go to. They've gone to places like um, Krakow, Poland, which I only know from their um, delicious ham. They yep. Sid- they went to Sydney. Columbia. Yes, they went South to America. Malaysia, um, Mexico, Moscow, yeah. Hong Kong. So they do all the big oh, ones yeah. too. They they definitely get out there, and each episode basically has a guest that is either lives in that city or has lived in that city or knows everything about that city. So they have a local guest from the place that they're talking about, and they go into food and activities and family events and depending on what you're looking to do, they kind of brush through everything that's available in those particular cities. That's what I want to know as a listener. Like I want to be able to go, you know what? I'm going to uh, Santa Barbara, California for the first time. And I want to see what it's like in uh, wine country or, or whatever it is. And, and I want to hear all the, the local stuff and the, the people that are from there to tell me 
where I should go, what I should see, how I should spend my money. So that's what I loved about this podcast was just the local aspect. And as somebody who doesn't necessarily think tourist spots are the, the greatest thing, I would rather have somebody who I trust tell me to go here, go there, spend your money this way. You'll love this hamburger. You'll never forget this drink. You'll, you know, things like that where you don't really, you know, if you're just talking to somebody a, a, that travels a lot, maybe they only know the tourist stuff. But I want to know the deep cuts. I really enjoyed this podcast. I really appreciated it. You know, I, I, having traveled places where... I had the opportunity to talk to someone who had frequented that place um, because, you know, so many of my patients can travel way more than I can. Um, and so when I get to ask them about, like, what should we do and where should we stay and what time of year we should go, it is so so helpful. And yes, you can gather some of that information from the internet, but sometimes you find stuff on the internet and you talk to a local and they're like, mm, not yeah. really. So I found this podcast so helpful. And especially because, you know, Brian and I decided about two years ago that, you know, we're constantly putting off travel because international travel at this particular time in our lives is really difficult for us to take the amount of time off that you really need to do it well, for us to get pet sitters, for us to shuck our responsibilities here onto other people for at least two weeks. It, it's just a hard time to do that. So we were getting into the habit of being like, I guess we just can't travel. And then you know, we decided, wait, what's wrong with us? We live we live in the United States. And quite frankly, as one of my Australian patients pointed out to me, you live in the United States. You have like many countries in this frigging country. What do you mean yeah, there's big. nowhere to go? She's like, that's crazy. So we went to Alaska. Next year, we are planning a trip to Utah. Like we started, we started mapping out all of these different mini trips that we want to take. Uh, this year, we actually went to Portland, Oregon, because we had never been. All these places that we have never seen. They are so, I mean, yes, it's America. I get it. Like, you know, it's not like, oh, different language and wildly different culture. But you can go to places in the U.S. where it is wildly different from what you recognize and understand. It's just, you know, yes, pretty much everything's in English. So I really, really thought this podcast was a gem of a find. And one of the episodes I listened to that I loved was, I'm going to screw this up. Guanajuato. Oh, the place Guanajuato. in Mexico. Guanajuato. Yeah, yeah. The Mexico. So this guy was a travel writer. Didn't he sound like didn't he sound like uh like Tommy Chong? But now that we are empty nesters, as they say, this is our permanent <laughs> home. We don't have to spend uh, USA rent prices and health care prices and all that. I I I have only recently considered the possibility of why am I so attached to the idea that like I have to live here forever or retire here? Well, retire, I mean, my version of retiring, working slightly less. Like why why not consider going to a completely different place? And this was something, this was an idea that I'd never entertained. And I now know somebody who picked up and did just that. She lives in Thailand now. She All of her work is done on a computer, so this is much easier for her. However, she just decided, yep, this is what I want to do. She's been in Thailand now for like four or five years. And that's just where she lives now. And she's met all these other expats in Thailand. And that's her friggin' life now. And then one of my other friends was saying that too. He's like, why are you so attached? 
attached to the idea of being here forever. Like, have you ever thought of just going somewhere else? So this particular episode was very inspiring to me and kind of got me excited about the idea. So this podcast I thought was really great. Um, And I listened to the Juno episode. I really appreciated that one. Uh, We did not go to Juno, Alaska. We went all around the peninsula. But again, I had a patient who goes to Alaska every year. And so she was such a gem of a find as far as like helping us figure out like what to do. She was basically like an episode of this podcast. (laughs) So that was fantastic. And then I listened to, oh, I listened to the Chicago episode because I wanted to freaking know like what somebody would say about Chicago. Because, you know, when you grow up somewhere, you're like, I don't know, like, what would you say? And I haven't lived there since I was like 18. So I enjoyed that episode. But I knew you were going to be like, whatever, a stupid bean in Millennium Park and like all this shit that like, no, no local wants to go there. Yeah. No, but they're very keen on like especially like transportation in the area, just stuff you would want to know if you're going to go to these cities, like what's the best way to get around? Is it public transportation? Is it Ubers or taxi cabs? You know, uh, yeah. and they're very informed uh, on those things, where to eat, you know, um, it, it's pretty cool. The guy that does it, um, his name is Lee Huffman. Um, he's, he's a, I don't know a whole lot about him. I couldn't find a whole lot about him other than he's from Nashville. Uh, And he does have a travel blog. I believe the name of the blog is something funny. Uh, Bald Thoughts. Bald Thoughts is just the name of his blog. So if you Google Bald Thoughts, you'll go to his uh, his, uh, travel blog. And then he has the wetravelthere.com website uh, that details Mm. all the episodes, everywhere they've been, everywhere everywhere they're going. And if you want to be a guest on the show, if you feel like you are an expert at your local community, uh, you can go onto the website and uh, put in to be a guest for a future episode. Uh, but all in all, yeah. it's a very um, professionally done podcast. Eat, they're, they're 30 to 40 minutes, so they're in that good pocket of uh, easy to listen to episodes. And they go all over the place. So if you're going to go a place, check out their website first and uh, see if they've done an episode on the place that you're going. I don't think you'll regret it. All right. So we're going to go to a break. And then when we come back, I actually came through with two podcast picks this week i am usually the one that's like total slacker and only has one yeah both from america too yeah and both of my podcasts are american so prepare to be wowed i mean one of them has an accent but she's from england or something that's true there is one foreigner in one of my podcasts but you guys we're you're gonna we're gonna be okay we're going to be okay (laughs) pull it together we'll be all right All right, Joshi. We were Let's on a get break. into my picks. I have two picks. My first pick is called Women Who Travel. Hi, this is Women Who Travel, a podcast from Condé Nast Traveler. Women who get around. <laughs> no. Women Who Travel is hosted by travel editors Meredith Carey and Lale Aragoglu. One of the things I really, really enjoyed about this podcast is they did take creative liberties about what what it, what should a travel podcast be like, but they always kept it in the vein of 
travel. So the first one that I listened to, they interviewed these two sisters. Um, They are musical artists. Their parents are from two different countries. The children were brought up in two different countries. And now these women are professional musicians and they themselves live in two completely different countries from each other and from where they grew up. And then they travel all over the world six months out of the year performing and touring. And so that was the first episode I listened to. And one of our hosts would talk to them not only about growing up traveling, growing up, you know, all over the friggin' world, but also this idea of what does home become when you never really like had a home home. Home is not where you are born. I mean, it could be, but it doesn't have to be where you're born. It doesn't have to even be where your uh, your citizenship is. Home is really where you feel like you're attached to. And uh, we could say we went to Benin and we felt at home. We went to Chicago, Atlanta, um, and we felt like home. home. We felt a link with the people that were there. And that also is the power of music. Carrie, home is where the heart is. Well, indeed, home is where the heart is. But what does that mean? I mean, for me, that means home is wherever my cat is. It was on a plaque or something in my kitchen when I was growing up. Yeah, it's like on a dish towel. Mm -hmm. So that was the first episode that I listened to. And I I was interested in more. I'm like, okay, I'm in. I want to keep listening to this. Then the next episode I listened to was just the two hosts and then two other women who work for their magazine literally talking about vacation time vacation days yeah how it's recognized like in different parts of the world and how a lot of americans statistically do not take all the vacation time that they actually earn now legally there's no mandor there's no mandatory vacation time here like there is in um I think uh, the one woman was said in England, in the UK, there's mandatory vacation days. days. Like, yeah. So that doesn't exist here. But they they weren't so much talking about that as much as they were talking about people who have vacation days here. A lot of people don't take them. So they addressed this idea of like, you know, this culture of like, I work so hard, I don't even take my vacation days and that makes me better when their their way of, of, of talking about this was actually like taking your vacation time has been linked to like more product productivity and people who are generally a little happier at work because they don't feel like they're dying. Yeah, I don't know about the productivity thing, but the happier thing, definitely. I think they even asked one of the ladies who was like the boss or whatever. They're like, do you see uh, an impact on productivity? She's like, "Uh, no, but I do feel like my employees are happier. But I would see how just the, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't like that and they try to get ahead or whatever and make more money. And uh, uh, I could see why it would be they would feel that it's a detriment to themselves to go ahead and take the the weeks that they've earned uh, to, to go travel someplace. Yeah. There's a, there's a financial thing, too, but it's more like, you know, I just don't want to be away from my work for a week because it's going to be a nightmare when I get back. Yeah. They had another episode with an author named Dina Nairi, uh, and it was about how her travels began when she was a kid as a refugee. Mm. So <laughs> she and her family had to flee the Middle East, and they lived in Italy for a while, and then they lived in. And they then just they told to the her US. that they were going on vacation. We're gonna do. We're gonna do some traveling, Dina. We're just gonna yeah. see the <laughs> it's world. It's just gonna be a car trip, just a very, and then a boat trip. Um. So she talked about. So she was a very interesting interview. 
she talked about how interestingly enough like her mother and uh she and her sister like they all got kind of the like a travel bug once they real once they left their homeland um she said at first from the u.s it was really really scary to think of traveling because she she felt like it was so hard to to get here and to be somewhere that she felt safe that for a while she was like oh I'm afraid to leave like what if what if they don't let me back in um but then she was like no no like uh, you know I got I, I want to see the world I'm, I'm not going to be afraid of this I'm going out there and she started traveling again in her 20s so she wrote this book um the reason one of the reasons she was on there she's an author she wrote this book I believe she exclusively interviewed um, Iranian refugees, but maybe maybe it's refugees from all around the world where she tells she gives them an opportunity. The book is all about their stories. But the thing that she wanted to emphasize with the book is she was like, you know, as a quote unquote refugee, people always want to ask me about like my fleeing story the traumatic story of my family like fleeing a country where we were in danger and she was like this is the story that most of us like don't really feel like talking about at dinner parties and so she said when she started meeting other refugees she really took um an interest in talking to them about the the good experiences in their life and the happy experiences in their life and their stories outside of just being like just being refugees and so she created a book compilation about it and then I wanted to also bring up the fact that you know when we were talking a few weeks ago you mentioned how here in the here in the west we always seem to just be interested in the story of escape and the the mm -hmm. drama of escape and then people lose interest once that part of the story is over uh, so I wanted to know the stories that they wanted to tell. Yeah. You know, Westerners want particular stories. And I think there's a difference between kind of the simplistic way that a lot of people in the West ask for the story. They only know to ask for the escape story, you know, and um, and what they would enjoy if you just gave it to them. Because as human beings, we instinctively want the parts of each other's stories that are, you know, about change, about, you know, moments of, of loss, moments of love, moments where, you know, people just kind of crash into each other and change each other. Right. And so it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter um, what circumstances those happen in. Those stories are moving simply because they have power. And then, as I mentioned before, then they interviewed um, Mikla Melozzi, uh, the woman who has the uh, bare feet show. And so she talked about, you know, how she created basically her own job. She created a job where she would have the opportunity to do the things that she loves the most. She travels and she dances. And this woman basically just manifested her, you know, ultimate reality. Um, and she was a great interview, so much so that I went on and found her show and started hmm. watching episodes of it. I wonder what dance she would learn if she came to Chicago. Chicago be like, we don't dance here. Just eat this meat. <laughs> I think I think the way that I think about travel is terrible. Uh, and I wish that I was more inclined to be like, I want to go all these places. It's just, you know, I, I get flooded with these negative thoughts like, oh, my God, all the bugs or like or all the, you know, I don't want to travel on a, yeah. you know, shitty bus or something like that. Or like, I, I just get, I get super negative about it. And I'm just like, you know what? I'd rather just, I'd rather just stay home and more comfortable. 
You know, though, like, I mean, because so you'd be more of like a hobbit. I mean, you wouldn't be like um, Frodo or Sam, obviously, because they left. And the other two guys, the, the bro- brothers, were they brothers? No, they were friends. I don't remember. Anyway, Sam whatever Pip, their names were. Pip and Mary. Pip and Mary. But you know what? People loved going to like Hobbit Village, okay? And the reason they loved going to Hobbit Village is not just because of the adorable little oh, donut houses and the cute little lights. Shireweed. But like the adorable little hobbits, yeah. you know? Like you would be a little yeah. Chicago hobbit. Well, kind of a tall, tall Chicago hobbit. And you are what makes Hobbit Chicagoville. Just eat like eight times a day, smoke on my pipe, and mm-hmm. uh, write in my book. Yeah, writing your stories of adventure okay we need to work on that part but you know what the hobbits that live in hobbitville are just as important as the hobbits that traveled well mostly except the hobbit that's traveled kind of they're from the, the sh- they're from the shire what do you mean oh you're thinking oh. of the who's from whoville <laughs> i think i just combined the two because you know no, no one was here to stop me J.R. tolkien wasn't here to stop me all right what's your what's your next pick so let's go ahead and move on yeah, to yeah. my second podcast i took some liberties with the idea of travel because there aren't just travel podcasts they're also outdoor adventure podcasts and i think that this is also kind of a great thing in that this is another conversation i've had with people because living in california again you hear a lot of people say like i don't have the time the energy or the money to do like a trip trip but they can easily be like somewhere they could go camping or skiing or hiking or whatever within like two to three hours. And then it can be like a weekend trip. So outdoor adventure trips are also a big part of how people unplug, unwind, kind of, you know, fulfill that desire to travel and go elsewhere when they can't totally travel and go elsewhere. So my second pick is an outdoor uh, adventure podcast. It is called Out There. Hi, I'm Willow Belden, and you're listening to Out There, the podcast that explores big questions through intimate stories outdoors. This podcast won several awards from the PRNDI. Oh, the, the hell is that? The Prindy Awards. I don't know what Everybody that is. Knows it. But anyway, it won a bunch of awards um, uh, as an independent podcast. It won actually four years in a row. Jesus Christ. Anyway, this podcast is a little all over the place, but in an enjoyable way. I found it to be in an enjoyable way. Um, Meaning that like every episode can be extremely different from the last. She takes a lot of liberties with this idea of like outdoor adventure. The first episode that I listened to was actually the privilege to choose episode. And this episode was about a woman. Say the Fran last name. Yeah, what was Taroskis, it? Taroskis. Taroskis. Taroskis? I think so. Who wanted to do like a hardcore adventure hiking trip. But she was recently diagnosed at that time with epilepsy. And so everybody was freaking out about this, you know, this idea of her going out there by herself and potentially having like an epileptic fit. So she decided to do the Camino de Santiago, which is a very, very, very famous trek 
pilg- pilgrimage. And she wasn't as interested in it because there's a lot of interaction with human beings. And she also felt like it was like so trendy, like it's the it's the hike that like so many people do. But she also decided that it was probably the safest choice for her. And she had an incredible experience. So she did an interview with our um, host about traveling with epilepsy. That was the first episode that I listened to. But then boom, boom, bang, kind of rolled over. Um, Then the next episode that I listened to was actually an episode of an entirely different show that she featured on her show. Yeah, there was a couple of those. (laughs) Yeah. So the second episode that I listened to was basically just um, kind of a compiled episode. uh, It was a bunch of different episodes put together from the podcast called The Attempt. And The Attempt is this woman uses her brother's video and written journals as he because he's hiking the Pacific Crest Trail and he was keeping video and written journals and his sister is putting all of it together in a podcast and that is the podcast the attempt so the second episode of out there was basically just like a summary of of where they're at currently in the attempt and that episode i really enjoyed it 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 was so it was very visceral for me like listening to her brother's audio recordings about like the disgusting foods that he was eating um he talked a lot about his poop and his gas mm-hmm. so It was very honest. A little too honest, if you ask me. I mean, it's not, I don't know if that's for everybody, but I have to say that that's pretty, that's a, pretty that, that real. That is a shitty blog entry. It's just I literally have done like two day, two day treks. I mean, I've lived in California for 15 years. So of course I've done like two day treks. And I got to tell you, it's gross. Like there's all kinds of grossness that happens. Like, you know, people like snotting all over their hands and then reaching into the communal food bag. And then like, you know, people pooping and like maybe not using the hand sanitizer afterwards. The tent smells, you smell, you know, you're not showering. And that's two days. Like, why do, Why don't you want to go on a hike, Josh? Why do you want to do stuff? That's the reason. I don't want to do any of that shit. Look, not every form of travel is like camping and not showering and, you know, having poop hands. Like there's not all of it is. But if you want to do outdoor adventure, yeah, there's going to be a lot of that. Like you're probably going to, you know, smell. There was a really funny scene uh, in one of the because it's a compilation of, of episodes. Right. So there were several different pieces of the attempt in this episode. And there was one episode where his sister was asking him and his travel for his travel buddy whose name I've forgotten. Like, wait, do people like meet each other and hook up and have sex on the trail? And her brother was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but he's like, it's not going to be pleasant <laughs> because everyone's so dirty and just disgusting. And he basically was like, you would need a lot of sanny wipes to make that tolerable. Times like these, I wish we had a video blog because my face right now is disgusted. I thought it was so funny, though, because when she said that, that's what I was thinking. I was like, ew, oh, God, no, hiking trips are not sexy time. They're fucking disgusting. So anyway, that was one episode. But then the third episode I listened to out of nowhere was about the female firefighter from 1977. 
after um, 1975, um, I decided, you know what? I don't want to work indoors anymore. I want to work for the Forest Service, and I want to work outside, and I would love to work on a fire crew. So put in an application. By God, I got the job. I ended up, though, not working up there. I ended up getting the job in southern Arizona, further south in the Santa Rita Mountains. And so, so that's how I ended up on a fire crew. It was kind of like it just happened. And it was one of those things where it didn't take me long to figure out I found the job. I, mean, mm. I, I absolutely loved my work. Obviously, the whole point, I mean, the reason why this episode got, got put in there is because this woman wanted to work outdoors, right? So I guess that's part of this concept of like outdoor adventure, working, living outdoors kind of thing. Uh, but that episode was definitely completely different, you know, from from the others that I had listened to. So um, so this podcast is a little uh, unpredictable, you know, like and they're all just great stories. Yeah. But that is my second pick. So. Those They're are good my ones. two picks. You know, my dad is, I, I keep going back to this thing about how I don't like going places. Um, because yes, my father is the complete opposite. Like he, he, he's all about the national parks. So he goes on, uh, we call him the, his, huh, yeah. uh, his Moses trips where, cause he just goes by himself yeah. to all the different national parks. He's been doing it for years and years and years now. Uh, he's taken he's taken me to huh. one uh, with him. It was like he decided like he wasn't going to go by himself anymore, so he took me along with him to up in Minnesota, and uh, he's taken my brother, and then mm-hmm. he took my uh, daughter as well uh, on a trip with him to different national parks. But get this, he's retiring uh, in a couple of uh, like a year and a half or something like that, and his plan is to wow. at sixty. Three, so he'll be six, almost sixty-four. Uh, when he's going to do this, is to hike the Appalachian Trail, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where he dies. But you know, we're oh, ho- we're no. praying, we're hoping, we're you know, where he's going to have the you know the beeper or whatever, the satellite GPS finder, so that we can locate his uh, remains. But uh, we're we're oh very happy God. for him, and this is what makes him happy. He uh, loves it. He loves going out on these outdoor right. adventures and, and hiking and pushing himself to the extremes. And I, I just, I, I don't, I didn't wow. get that, uh, that gene. I didn't get it. Gene. Didn't get but more that power gene. to him. Mm-mm. You know, I hope he comes back. I love him. That's awesome. Like he's, he's actually gotten into some shit. Like, you know, he's run into bears and like he's, he's had some, there's things yeah. that happen when you go out there. And I think that's just, the chick just gets into my head and it, it just feeds that like negativity loop about why I, don't, I shouldn't go. But then every time I actually do go to a place, when I do venture out into a place that I've never been before for some period of time or go camping with friends, yeah. or, I have a good yeah. time and I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so maybe I should start to open up a little bit more. Maybe go visit my friend in uh, San Francisco. But yeah, probably not. You know, when Brian and I went to uh, one of the things I really enjoyed about the Juno episode of um, your podcast pick is she was talking about uh, like what's considered normal in Alaska, like some things that you have to deal with in Alaska that the the locals are kind of like, oh, yeah, it's just normal. But then, you know, as a traveler, you're like, okay, Brian and I, uh, we did. We went to the peninsula. Uh, we did uh, um, a couple different uh, towns in the peninsula, and then like we did hike a, a very accessible glacier. It's a national park, 
Um, and when we got to the national park, the first thing I noticed was, you know, they have obviously signs at the beginning of the trail, like things to which ways, which like what's what do you get the the um the uh, like because you can hike into the toe of the glacier and then you can hike and get like this bird's eye view of the glacier and whatever. And then there was a sign about, you know, warning. It's just a big piece of ice. It's a big piece of ice. Oh my god, a toe of a glacier was totally awesome. It was like an ice castle. You, you can't go in there. in there. But if any of the icicles fall, they could kill you. Yeah, it could kill you. So I look at the sign, right? And the sign for Alaska, it had all your basic national park stuff, like all the stuff you would expect. And then it said, if you see a black bear, if the bear attacks you, fight back. And then it said, if you see a grizzly, play dead. If he begins to eat you, fight back. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. And then like we went to, and then we took this, um, we paid this guy to take us in a little helicopter above um, the, there's, there's these three glaciers kind of all clustered together. And I can't remember the name of the other two, but the one that we went over and kind of landed on is called Bear Glacier. And we landed on this little island where you're like surrounded by these glaciers. The water, the glacier, I mean, the blue, like glacier blue is so unbelievably beautiful. And we land there and there's like, they have kayaks and stuff there. And he's like, yeah, we take people out here. You can camp here for the night. You can kayak during the day and then we'll arrange a pickup time. And then we come back because hiking in and out is possible, but incredibly hard. I mean, these are snowy glacier mountains, right? So I look at them and I was like, well, I'm a little concerned because this is called Bear Glacier. So aren't there bears and he looked at me he goes ah nothing but black bears you get a stick you poke them they'll go away that sign should really say if a grizzly bear if you get attacked by a grizzly bear play dead if it starts to eat you you're just dead that's it brian and i, I were saw trying the revenant. to figure out like if it's if it starts to eat you like we started laughing because i'm like well, what if it just licks you he's like yeah like it's tasting you but it's not eating you yet do you show him, him in the that eye. you're alive and fight back then and if you see a polar bear give it a coke <laughs> actually i learned once from national geographic that polar bears are the only bears that will yeah they'll murder the shit humans. out of you yeah, whereas most bears will only eat people when like the when it is slit yeah. like nothing pickings, right? When there is nothing else, it's a bad season. We're like a delicacy. But polar bears yeah. will be like, mm, yeah, yeah. They get a they get a weird meat. rap with those yeah. uh, the Coke commercials, the Christmas Coke Coca Cola commercials. You're like, oh, they're so cute, and then they just hit you with their big paw, and then they eat you from the inside. Did the Polar Bear Coalition, like the secret, the secret tribe of polar bears, mm -hmm. like came up with those commercials big, to big make polar them bear. look more endearing to people? You know what but it's time for? Time to go into the lightning round, I believe. It's that time. Lightning round! That's close. All right. Let's hear what you're Okay, watching. so get this. Uh, I got I got the Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Because I was just, I was going to get it. I got it. Um, yep. But, and I'm actually very excited for uh, the Mandalorian. Half man, half DeLorean. You know, I'm in it. I wanted to do it. But then I got this crazy idea, Carrie. I decided what? to watch all the Star Wars things 
over again in preparation for the final movie. Well, I say final in quotes, but the final movie of the original trilogy, this timeline. Uh, episode 9, uh, I think, comes in December. Um, and Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to watch everything in chronological canon order, including all of the animated series, uh, the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. This is a big undertaking. So this oh. is... I've That's already watched episode one and episode two. Episode one is so bad; it's so terrible. I I thought I thought I, I thought I maybe like say. I'd rewatch it and have a little more of like a you know oh it's not as bad as everybody th- it's no. it's worse than I remember. No. Uh, they do get they do get progressively better. Uh, two, um, mm-hmm. you have to deal with Anakin being just like a whiny little mm-hmm. bitch, um, but the. the yeah, he, well, he becomes less and less of a role. Uh, so I watched the first two, and then the animated series, The Clone Wars, is next. So I'm in the middle of that currently. I'm, it's six seasons of, you know, mm. 20-something episodes every season. So it's a lot of shit. Man. I love The Clone Wars, though. I think it's fantastic. Uh, it makes everything – it made yeah, everything I better. It, it made all those characters from uh, mm-hmm. from those the prequels better. Uh, it gives you a better understanding of Anakin. Mm-hmm. Um Ahsoka Tano is his Padawan is a fantastic character, and it just uh, even even Jar Jar is better because of that series. Um, Darth Maul, all just, there's just so much cool stuff that happens in the Clone Wars, and then I think it's uh, Episode three after that, and then like Solo, and mm-hmm. then I think then is Mandalorian. So, anyways, I decided to wait to watch Mandalorian until it, I, I hit it in my chronological rewatch of everything so that's what that's pretty much all i've been doing uh it's all i've been watching other than i have been still watching castle Mm -hmm. rock on hulu and the watchman on uh hbo uh those are both great but for the most Mm -hmm. part all of my extra time is listening to podcasts and watching star wars in chronological order wow beat that yeah uh not that I'm no, I can't. I cannot. I uh I binged nah. Big Mouth. And uh yeah, I binged it and um and now I'm watching that bare feet PBS show. So yeah, I, I, I I'm no competition for you right now. I thoroughly enjoyed uh Big Mouth. It is disgusting yeah. and hilarious. Yeah, we were saying earlier, it's not not for everybody. But if it is for you, it's great. I love the I love the gym funny. teacher. I feel He's so amazing. bad. The uh, the hormone monsters are all amazing. I like when the gym teacher gets queer eyed. But queer- did you get there no, yet? No, I don't think I got. I'm in the middle of season three. Yeah, they have an episode where queer eye shows up to help the gym teacher. You know, queer oh eye yeah, 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 no, I have not queer eye for the straight guy. Yeah, yeah, it's my dude. Hey, come here, my dude. All right, Josh. Yo, what are you listening to? Um. I, so I think I've talked about it before. I've been, I'm a big fan of the NPR uh, Tiny Desk concerts. Uh, And I find a lot of artists from there, but I went through some, like a little back uh, history of some of the ones I didn't watch previously. And Mm -hmm. I found one, it was actually maybe their top, I think it was, it's their top most watched one, 41 million views. Uh, and I had n- never heard of this guy before, and I felt weird not hearing about him before when his 41 million views. Sure. 
And then I yeah, remembered the I did outsider. hear this guy before because I saw him on the chicken wing show. The uh, uh, oh, the yeah. hot, hot, wings. hot ones. Uh, uh-huh. And it is Anderson Peck. Uh, I, I don't know if you pronounce the dot in his name because it's Anderson dot Peck. Um, I, I don't mm. know how that, how that happens, but I think it's just Anderson Pack P A A K. Is he's amazing? I, I never I didn't know how I didn't know who this guy was before and why I never heard of him. And I listened to the Tiny Desk concert, and then I just started listening to everything. It's like a he's a like a soulful hip hop uh, funk. It, it's, he's just great. He's a very unique individual, and I liked pretty much everything that I listened to um, when I went down mm. that rabbit hole. So uh, that's what I'm listening to, huh. Anderson Peck and the Free Nationals. What are you listening to? I am listening to a lot of stuff, but one particular artist uh, that pops up quite a bit that I never talk about because she only does covers. So I never bring her up because I'm like, well, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't want to hear covers, but... I thoroughly enjoy her covers. So there's this woman named La Portia Renee. She is on YouTube. Uh, All of her sessions are recorded under one mic, one take. And she has this uh, um, remake of uh, Sia's Chandelier that I love. What I especially like about her remake of Chandelier is it's easier for me to sing along to because Sia kicks my ass. Yeah, it's a tough song. I mean, I don't personally have a problem hitting it, but I understand that it's a difficult song to I'm, sing. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure yours is fucking perfect. Um, so anyway, La Portia Renee. Did she come from American Idol? I don't know. I have to Wikipedia here. Josh. Yeah. Are you are you reading anything? Uh, yeah, I decided to, and this was a mistake. Um, it was actually read all of, uh, you know, when you get a prescription and it comes with that three page thing of like all the possible side effects. And uh, yeah, I, all your side I'm on effects, several yeah. uh, medications for various reasons, and I finally read all those. And I don't know if I'm going to make it. So that's <laughs> that's what I'm reading. Unless, unless there are all these side effects, it's like a Mr. Burns kind of thing where it's actually keeping me alive, like all the different things that are wrong are somehow working harmoniously in my body. <laughs> she did come from American Idol. She was on the yeah, I final just, season of American I, Idol in 2015 on the uh, original yeah. one. Yeah, I just saw that. She was on American Idol. I've never watched that show, so I have no idea. Hmm. One of my favorite YouTube bands is, uh, I mean, my favorite, one of my favorite bands, period, is about 85% covers. So, and they came from YouTube, so I'm fine with them. Really? Yeah. Walk Off the Earth. I love them. They're fantastic. Their covers are usually better than the originals. And their originals are good, too, but uh, they started off as almost strictly covers. Um, but hmm. they do them very uniquely and interesting. I mean, shit. She made a version of Chandelier that I can sing with. So, I mean, I, I, I'm I, indebted to her. Okay, what am I reading? I am, of course, still reading this mother of a book, The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt. It is so, so dense. You know, he ran so many different ethical, of course, experiments, trying to research, collecting research on how, what people use to make their decisions. And when you demonstrate that, that their decisions were not rooted 
in f- facts, right? You can present the facts to them that that they claim are one thing, but then you know show them the facts and and you're like, well, actually, no, you know, I mean, this is and, and but then they're still completely sticking to their guns, and that is literally like what he studies. Why do we stick to our guns? Like, what makes us stick to our guns? Even even when we've seen that factually something isn't correct or research has demonstrated otherwise um, or even like they got the facts of a story wrong and you like you know reread the story you're like no 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 remember this character did this and but they're still sticking to like their interpretation of it holy shit um it's a good thing that this is our season finale because i i'm gonna need all of december to get through this book but once you once you're finally complete this book harry you'll be able to change anyone's mind do you know that there was actually there was a really famous book published about how to change someone's mind dale carnegie was one of the greatest Oh, he calls him an elephant whisperer. This is his elephant and writer analogies. I'm not going to explain that to you right now. In the classic book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Carnegie repeatedly urges, urges readers to avoid direct confrontations. Instead, he advised people to begin in a friendly way, to smile, to be a good listener, and to never say you're wrong the persuader's goal should be to convey respect warmth and open and openness to dialogue before stating one's own case carnegie was urging readers to use oh this is going to be this is going to be links to like his own research so that's not going to make any sense but basically yes there is a book all about how to manipulate people and change their minds (laughs) like how to do it all right this is our season finale so we'll be back in 2020. I feel like we should we should get all the the you know happies out of the way. Um, happy happy holidays, happy New Year, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Happy New Year, Happy Happy Happy. Yeah, and uh, although this will come out, I, I don't know when this will come out, but uh, I don't know if it'll be before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving. But I. Carrie, I'm thankful for all of our new listeners, people that have uh, joined the Poddobbing community on Facebook uh, or people that have followed us on Instagram or have uh, talked to us on Twitter, although I probably have not tweeted you back because it's Twitter and I don't really do it. Josh doesn't tweet. But thank you. We appreciate it. We love doing this. We love podcasts. We love podcasting, and we're going to continue to bring you our podcast recommendations uh, in the new year uh, with some all-new genres and some uh, repeat genres. We'll have volume two of a lot of the bigger genres because uh, so, there's so much to go through in some of these, like true crime and comedy, and there's just a lot, um, and just more that mm-hmm. we can continue to recommend that are fantastic. So thank you. Uh, and if you have anything for us, if you have any suggestions on how we should make the show better or what we can do, uh, start in january please please let us know we love the feedback uh let us know uh, on our website at uh, podnobbing.com or you can email us at podnobbing at gmail.com or just shout into the wind and we might hear it somehow um but but whatever you do uh please uh let us know uh what we can do to make the show better i don't know if that's even possible carrie but uh i mean come on how do you make something perfect right. more perfect? I don't we'll know. we'll try to make it more perfecter for you uh, in the coming mm-hmm. year, and we're looking forward to season two. So, thank you. That's all I got. 
All right. We'll see you in January. 2020, bitches. 